her as she walked with me. She hopped in a holler and a one, two, three, the prettiest girl I ever seen. Hi everybody, welcome back to Have a Great Gig. It's Andy Keithley. It's been a few weeks, I've been pretty busy, just kind of end of the year push with a bunch of gigs. A couple of, yeah, a bunch of private gigs, a bunch of like private clients, uh, and a couple of more uh, fun shows. A couple gigs with my old bluegrass band, the Get Down Boys, who are closing out a 12-year weekly residency that we started at Bigfoot West, the bar here in LA in December 2010. And I played on that gig and with that band for seven years. And that residency is coming to an end, so we're going to be back in there for the last time uh, this Sunday, December 11th. And uh, the only reason I mention that is is the topic for today, the, the uh, order of operations and setting up and breaking down in the assembly line protocol, whatever you want to call it, was a conversation I had with the other uh, founding member of the Get Down Boys way back in 2010, Matt Brewer, who's our, the original banjo player for that band. And when that band started, before we had a name or really much material or anything, we had a weekly residency out in Malibu, a place called Calamigos Ranch. And we were playing Sunday brunch out there every Sunday. And it gave us the opportunity, like any residency, this is why residencies are really great, because you get the chance each week to hopefully get better and better at all of it, you know, it's kind of like what we talk about a lot on this podcast is, yeah, you get to play your, your music more and more and you get better and you practice and you refine the songs and the endings get tighter and all that musically, sure. But there's so much more that goes into putting on a show. And if you have a weekly spot where you can start incorporating some of these things, that was that was what we were really getting excited about. And I, I was talking with Matt back then and he was like, you know, what? What can we do to work smarter and getting our setup down to the most efficient way possible? We had three or four guys, so we had um, able hands to to get to unload a ton of gear. You know, we're bringing a whole PA system and instruments and mic stands and mics and cables and amps and whatever, all the gear that comes along with it. It's a lot of gear, and if you have more people, that cuts down on the unloading part. So we were just basically talking about, you know, how can we shave time off of this this thing? And we were timing ourselves. How, how long does it take us to unload? Can we get that down a few minutes? How long does it take to get the house music on and the PA set up and, and sound checked and all that? So I started thinking about this a long time ago. And just basically, if, if there's a wrong way to do it, then there's a right way to do it. And I've been sort of trying to find that balance for a long time. Just sort of a disclaimer that I'll put right up front. Like all of these episodes, a lot of this stuff sounds like basic, common knowledge and sort of like obvious, but it's still worth repeating because I, I see people all the time that are making it harder for themselves and they're not doing some of this stuff. And if you ask them what they should do, they'd probably say, yeah, you do the smart thing. But then in, in practice, they're not always doing that smart thing. So I'll just put that up front. If you're listening to this and you're like, well, yeah, duh, man, like it's kind of obvious, you know, you should park as close to the venue as you can. Yeah, that sounds obvious, but how often do you do it? So um, also, this is probably, I'm probably going to revisit this topic 
in the future as it sort of evolves. This is the kind of protocol that I've been using pretty successfully now for a long time. And especially in the last year, this this year, uh, over well over 100 gigs, most of which that I set up uh, the whole PA and mixed the band, including a weekly, another weekly residency, but this time it was on, it was, um, I was running sound and not performing, but it gave me an opportunity every week to refine my load-in setup process, mixing two or three bands, and then breaking it all down and trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. And there's a, there's an order of which I found uh, is, goes quickest, goes fast, and um, that's what we're going to talk about. So before we even get to the setup order uh, and the assembly line concept, it's called the assembly line because rather than staging one item and then running power to that one item and then running an audio cable to that one item and then doing that, moving over and doing that to the next speaker and the next microphone and the next the mixer, we're going to do all of those phases for the whole stage all at once. So we're going to stage everything on the stage. Then we're going to run power to everything. And then we're going to run audio to everything. Okay, so it's that's one way that really helps go quicker. I can usually get a band up and running in 25 or 30 minutes, which is pretty, pretty good from what I was doing when I kind of first started, where it was taking me couple hours just to get to where we're making noise and everything's ready to go and even then a lot of stuff was like cut corners and not exactly how how we would ideally want to be set up so yeah before before starting a couple of obvious notes that bear repeating think about parking before the gig contact the point person ask them specifically about any parking and unloading instructions you want to find the shortest distance between your vehicle and the stage again sounds obvious but all it takes is to ask. Uh, get yourself a cart, something that folds down, you know, something with wheels, uh, a, a hand truck, kind of a dolly thing. You're just going to cut down on multiple trips back and forth if you have a cart of some kind. It sounds like a kind of a given, but I see people all the time who come in with a ton of gear and they're grabbing one item in one hand and one item in the other hand and they're taking two items back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, they could at least cut that in half and just throw all the small, you know, throw everything in the cart. And, and you're also saving your arms and your back, that kind of thing. So once everything is in and in the vicinity of the stage, you want to visualize your stage plot. A lot of times these gigs, the private clients, you know, you're, you're in a place that may not have a stage and you're, you're in the corner of a room or you're up against a wall or something and you kind of have to make your own stage plot but just I take a moment each time and I just look at it and I just kind of think about okay let's put the drums there if there are drums and I'm going to put my mains uh right here and here and you know we'll stand the guys here and blah 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 all right so visualize visualize the stage plot where's the mixer going to go the mixer is pretty important depending on you know I use a wireless mixer with no faders on it. The faders are on an iPad, so it can be low to the ground, it can be out of sight. But if you have a traditional mixer with faders, you're gonna wanna have somebody, probably you, be right next to it and so you can access it easily. So just think about where everything's gonna go. And this is also the time where you wanna put down any any rugs 
that you're going to be using. Put the rug down first and then put cables underneath it. Don't don't put down a bunch of cables and then throw a rug over it. It's, it's just not going to work out. So you're in the venue with all your gear and a general idea of where all your hardware items are going to be placed. Hardware being any piece of stationary gear, you know, amps, drums, the mixer, speakers, monitors, mic stands, guitar stands, hardware, anything that's not a cable basically. So you have a general idea of where everything's going. Step one, before you do anything with your gear, step one is power. We can't do anything without power, especially down the line in this assembly line. And then sometimes it takes a minute for the staff to track down the power and where some, you know, there have been gigs where it's not obvious where the nearest outlet is and you have to do some digging. You know, I have a pretty long extension that I bring with me just in case the nearest outlet's 100 feet away or whatever. Power is step one. Before you do anything, locate your power. You know, I, I even mentioned that in the contract or with emails with the client. I say, hey, you know, the only thing we really need to get going is if you can have an active power drop right at the stage area, uh, that's going to help us tremendously because that will cut down on time having to track down power, which again, might not sound like a big issue, but it, it can be. It certainly has been. So once you've located your power source, you need to start running your power extensions and power strips to the various parts of the stage that will need power. You want to anticipate who's going to need power. You already know your main left and right speaker, which are at the far corners of the stage, those, those are going to need power. Your monitors are going to need power. Usually every instrument will need power close by. If they have an amp, they have effects pedals, iPads. Uh, anticipate every player saying i need where's the closest power i need to plug something in so the more strips and extensions you have and you set those up first the less likely it's going to be later somebody saying oh uh, let me just stretch this cord way over in, a, in an awkward or dangerous position so i can plug my thing in or i'll just move myself and then you're moving a mic stand it's just cabled and you're moving foot pedals and the, the whole idea of this setup is to put everything in place so that we don't have to move anything later. I like the Furman 15 foot power strips. It's basically a long cable with six outlets. You could put a couple of those on stage and you know that usually seems to work for pretty big setups I've done with just a couple of those Furman power strips and uh, some extension. So you're done with step one and you have power active power and you have power running to all the areas of the empty stage where, where all where it's needed step two is going to be staging your hardware remember hardware being uh, any kind of piece of stationary gear so put your mains on speaker stands put them in place front of the stage place your monitors where they're going to be in general monitors tend to move around a little bit but that's all right just put them in a general area put your mic stands up put your guitar stands up put your amps in place uh, put your mixer where it's going to be convenient for plugging in cables and for accessing and maybe out of the way visually, which we talked about in another episode. The mixer can kind of be ugly. Mine's like, you know, I've got a, a Behringer wireless mixer, which is just a little black box, but you plug in a ton of cables to it and all of a sudden you've got this sort of spaghetti thing happening in front of it. And then I've got a, um, a wireless router that boosts the wireless signal that's plugged into that and it's just a big mess of antennas and cables and it's not very good looking so I always try and get that out of the way I, I put a sign in front of it or I just get it off to the side of the stage so that's step two getting everything staged step three run all your power cables so assembly line 
power to everything, which is already staged. So you just want to get your IEC cables. You don't want to hot plug anything. Hot plug just means if you power something on and the power switch is in the on position, you can get pops. Uh, it can, it's not, not likely, but it can fry or kill a piece of gear. It has happened. Just make sure that your mixer, your speakers, your amps are in the off position when you plug the power cord in. So now you've got all your hardware in place, plugged in, but turned off. Step four, assembly line, audio cables. So everything's got power running to it. So now we're gonna run our audio cables. I, I like to start with main left and right. I plug in my XLRs to L and R on my mixer. They they go to the mains. And then I run, uh, I run to my monitors. Usually I'm using two to four stage uh, floor monitors. Everything's still powered down, so there's not gonna be any kind of popping or hissing. You know, if, um, if you plug in your speaker, if your speakers are turned on and then you power up your mixer and they're connected, you're gonna get a big pop and a big, loud, obnoxious crack pop. To avoid that, we're gonna get there in the next step, but the mixer gets powered on before anything else. Step four is audio cables. Step five is the mixer. The mixer is the brain of the operation. Everything starts at the mixer, so we're going to start there powering it on. Power that mixer on. Make sure your faders are all the way down. This is also known as zeroing out the board, which if you have a traditional board, you should get in the habit of doing that at the end of the previous gig. You basically want to start with everything at zero so that you don't turn it on and all of a sudden a mic is screaming or the house music is blaring or you know anything like that you want to you don't you want to avoid any kind of surprise like that and it's very easy to do if you just if every all your gain knobs all your your faders are at zero you want to do a fresh mix every time the, the concept of keeping a mix from an, a different venue or a different day is good in theory but uh, i've found in practice it's more trouble than it's worth because you have to end up going in and remixing it anyway. So you might as well just start from zero and in your mind, you kind of know where everything should be. So that's your recall. Don't try and keep faders where they were last time and start with a zeroed out board. So that brings us to step six. Now that the mixer is on and it's all zeroed out, you can power up all your connected speakers. And if you've done everything in the correct order, you're basically now ready to make noise. You have an active live PA system. So at this point, I usually put some house music on to test all my speakers, or you can test with a mic, you know, in your hand as well. But I like, you need a signal, you need a signal source, and that could be a mic, an instrument, or a playlist. So I, I have my iPad playing a, a playlist, whatever I've uh, connected to a stereo channel on my mixer. I bring up the fader for that channel. I bring it up in the mains and just make sure that the volume seems to be normal. I'm not missing any kind of, you know, the EQ sounds good. The volume sounds good. I, it's not too loud or too quiet, which would indicate something is messed up in the chain signal path somewhere. And I do the same thing with my monitors. So I'll, I'll run monitor from aux one, monitor one, and I will send the house music to that monitor. Again, just make sure Sounds like the volume is in a good place. It sounds like the EQ is is normal. Check monitor one, monitor two, etc. Now I know that all my channels are running properly. I've got uh, no surprises with volume anywhere. Everything seems to be good. This is also a good cue to your client that, hey, music is playing. That was quick and 
I'm glad I hired this competent music professional. I was at a thing that I was not working, but I was a, a, a guest and I was watching this, <laughs> these, I was watching these guys set up a PA and man, I had notes. Okay. It was taking them a very long time and they were scrambling and it was so much gear. It was kind of, it was too much gear for the room. They were an hour late for the start time of this event. We want to show up to these things and be quick and just be delivering a service as soon as we can. So if I've got house music on, that's a good signal to my client that things are on track, you know, and we covered earlier in a different episode. I'm already, I'm there early. So all this, I'm not rushing through any of this. And that's what's going to get me hired a second time. And that's what's going to make me relaxed enough to play through the rest of the night and, and have everything the way I want it and not have to get through a gig with something not quite the way I would, I would want to have it just because you got to get through it. So that brings us to step seven. Once the mixer and speakers are all powered up, channels are properly connected, you're basically ready to start running all your instruments, mic lines. So the reason why this is sort of, you can do this step, you know, with the rest of your audio lines when you're doing your speakers and your monitor. But I've found that my players are not always present. They're not always there yet when I'm doing all this stuff. So now that you've got a mixer that's up and running, you can start with uh, your microphones, you know, and the stands are already up and the cables are already run. Now all you want to do is line check each each one, make sure you're getting signal, you're getting noise, scratch the mic, speak into the mic, whatever you got to do. Check all your DIs, make sure you're getting signal so you can suss out any kind of an issue. So next step, step nine, is uh, you're basically at this point, all the, all the system critical pieces are in place. You have a, a PA that's working, everything's powered up. You have all your instruments have been line tested, so you're getting sound. All your microphones are live and you've got sound coming through on everything. Now, step nine is basically extra stuff. It's like all the things that are not system critical. Lights are cool, they're great to have, but they're not critical to you doing what you need to do. So this is where you're gonna plug in all your lights, put them up where they wanna go, put the tip jar up if it's that kind of a gig. At this point, I always run a wireless mic to an open channel on the board since it's basically certain uh, that a client or a guest will want to make an announcement at some point in the night, a speech, something like that. And I don't want them doing that on one of the musician's microphones. One, because that's kind of gross. Um, two, they're standing, then that means they're walking all over the stage and standing in place and it's just awkward and weird. And also, your musician's microphones are going to have reverb on them. Uh, and that's a probably for the mixing episode, but you don't want to have reverb on your guest microphone. So this is the slightly different mix. It's, might, it's probably going to be a little bit louder too. So um, so yeah, extra extra stage dressing stuff comes in right now because you've already got, you know, all the important stuff is out of the way. That's it. That's that's where I am now with my, my setup assembly line. Step one, take care of all your power. Step two, stage your hardware. Three, run all your power cables to the hardware. Four, run your audio cables from your mixer to your hardware. Step five, get your mixer up and running. Six, power up all your other speakers. And seven, get all your mic lines and instrument lines run to the board. Step eight, line check everything. Put them in the monitors and eventually in the mains. Last step, step nine, all the 
extracurricular things like lights and extra mics and uh, your signs, your banners, all the all the fun stuff. If you do all that stuff in the right order, it's going to be quick and easy and you've sussed out all your problems beforehand, anticipated who's going to need what. Then you play the gig and it goes great and it sounds great and it looks great and everybody's happy and we're ready to break down. It's not as simple as just going in reverse order. Most of the time, you know, I like to have house music coming on immediately once we're done. We say thanks, have a good night, and that house music comes up. I don't know if we've talked about that before, but house music is probably going to be its own episode as well. So you want to keep your mains on, powered up, wired up, and you got to be careful about what you're unplugging at this point. So what I like to do first is I take care of my instrument. If I'm playing bass, I put my bass away, and then I break down the stand, I break down the amp, I get it, get it out of the way. Instrument first, you know, if I'm playing guitar, I put my guitar in its case. It's just the first thing that needs to be put away. It's the most fragile thing on stage you're not going to need it for anything else so once i've got my instrument put away and then if i'm running sound you know i'll go up to the board and I'll, I'll pull out all the all of my input channels no, not my outputs or certainly not my left and right mains because the, there's music on those mains but i'll pull out all the instruments all the mics once we get around to the next couple of breakdown steps you're not going to want to have connections anywhere wrapping up all the cables is what takes the longest so i leave that for the end and i basically start with hardware again and so i'm taking my speakers unplugging them where they are putting them in in bags or cases getting them off to the side mic stands break those down get them out of the way Eventually, you turn your house music off, you put those stands away, you put those speakers away, then you can turn your mixer off. And by the way, when you're powering down a mixer, again, if your speakers are on, when your mixer gets powered down, you are going to hear that in your speakers, which are powered up. So power the speakers down first, all of them, then power your mixer down. Just like when we set up, we power the mixer up first, then the speakers. Speakers go off first and then the mixer then mixer we put that away we put all our hardware away now we just have a big bunch of cables on on an empty stage and if you're good at wrapping cables that won't take you very long you know if you try to do cables before all this it's gonna be tangly and you're gonna have somebody standing on a cable and one of this cable's wrapped around this mic stand and this so you just want to you want to leave cables for the very end because then you can just wrap cables really quick and just knock out the whole thing and then then you're done that's it you know you've got your hardware already down you've got your cables wrapped put away now it's just loading out so that's basically that's basically it like i said i think i want to probably revisit this and if anybody out there has got um, things that they like to do with their setup and their breakdown. Maybe something I'm forgetting, please let me know. Haveagreatgig.com. Uh, you can email me there. Thanks for listening. I hope I can uh, get another episode out soon. I got a couple of guests that want to come on. Uh, you know, mostly musicians that I play with and who want to talk about uh, this kind of this kind of thing. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a great gig. Thank you.